The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 11, where we are talking all about how to maintain your contacts and also build those really strong connections. Uh, This lady boss is super, super fun. Uh, She's got an an amazing, thriving business, and I think y'all are really going to enjoy this one. So if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular awesome. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on any of the next episodes, be sure to subscribe. Now let's dive into managing and maintaining all of your contacts and connections. Hi, y'all. We are going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to introduce to you this guest. She is like Miss Connection station. Okay. So I'm really excited for you guys to get some, some insight into how she does it all. Casey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, so let's just go ahead and start by talking about the goodness of you and your business. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I own an independent insurance agency and we focus, uh, primarily on, personal insurance. We do a little bit of commercial, but my entire goal is to get to be in a place with my clients where I am a consistent point of contact um, throughout their lifetime, much like a family CPA or family attorney or family doctor used to be. So um, my role to my clients is to be an advisor to make sure they are aware of potential risks, make sure that we are able to Um, get them adequate coverage, but also make sure that the pricing is in line with their budget and their needs and and what they feel comfortable with. So I've started my business from scratch. I was my very first client. And from there, I've I've grown it to what it is. And it's been completely 100% referral based. So um, keeping that client connection is so important. Yeah, 100%. So let's go ahead and dive in to the system that you're going to be sharing, which is maintaining contact with clients as well as developing really strong client relationships. So go ahead and describe kind of what it was like before you kind of had the system or routine down. So to be honest, it was a a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and it was, um, you know, I was starting a business, so I was wearing multiple hats. And so that was chaotic. But Um, Before, I really wasn't tracking um, kind of where my clients were coming from. I would kind of launch marketing efforts, but I didn't know what was sticking, what wasn't, what was working, what should I adjust, what was just a complete waste of time and money. Um, So, you know, before it was definitely a one point to two point touch, I would all after a sale. So after an initial sale, I'd send a handwritten thank you. but you know, really, the next point of touch I would have with them, unless I put a system in place, was going to be their policy renewal, which is what how often most people hear from their insurance agents, which is that renewal um, when we're asking for the next round of money. <laughs> so 
that's not how I want it to be. Yeah. You know, I want it to be a consistent um, source of um, a resource and help for my clients, no matter what they need, painter, hairstylist, or if they have to, you know, um, unfortunately file a claim. So my goal was to try and figure out how I could come up with more touch points. Um, and I knew two, year, two times, you know, a year wasn't going to be enough to keep a really strong client relationship going. So um, that's kind of where I started and where the initial um, idea could, you know, came from so that I could start to gauge what was working and, and what was failing as well. Gotcha. So kind of what drove you to that was just realizing that two touch points a year to talk about money was not necessarily going to get you those strong client relationships that you wanted. Absolutely. You know, I feel like in life and business, you need direction. Um, you need physical direction sometimes. I wouldn't mm -hmm. set out on a road trip, you know, with a friend and just say, well, here we go. We've got a full <laughs> tank of gas. You want to go left or right, north or south. Right. Um, that would be a disaster. So I think it's important to plug in your goals into a, you know, business driven GPS, if you will, so that you can decide what turns and, and changes you need to make. And yes, there may be traffic or a, a speed bump or um, you may get derailed, but I think you got to know where you're going. So I felt like my marketing strategy just needed direction as a whole, and I definitely wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. So I started to think about determine kind of what I could implement, and I knew how important it was to track where these clients were sticking and where you know leads were being generated from and what avenue also these clients were coming to me. Was it through a family friend? Was it maybe through um, a special event I had hosted or some sort of marketing campaign? So I knew it was vital to my business considering I wanted to make it a referral-driven um, business model. Yeah, love that. So kind of walk us through the steps you took to create this amazing process that you have for kind of, again, making sure that you're meeting your customers where they're at every step of the way. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I implemented a solution that involved an e-newsletter, so an electronic newsletter, um, so that I could try and create a minimum of 12 touch points throughout the year with each client nice. and also with referral sources. So um, other people who closely work on a daily basis with people who could potentially be my clients. So mm. um, it was really key to um, generate some sort of e-newsletter that wouldn't be junk mail, but something that would really become genuine and moving. Um, I know from the get-go, if I'm not inspired by my own article that I'm writing, that it's toast out there in comparison <laughs> to everything else coming in somebody's inbox. So it's really important to me to use topics that um, I cared about and that I thought other people would relate to, whether it was um, a personal story, maybe speaking about the involvement and community charity work that I was doing um, in my local area. It was just important to kind of communicate with them. And it's been interesting because when I don't release a monthly newsletter, clients start asking me, like, did I miss it? What, <laughs> what happened? Or like, are you sure? I must have deleted it. And so then sometimes I have to fess up and say, oh, yikes, I didn't do one last month, but I promise <laughs> I'll get one in your inbox. So um, just last night I was having dinner with a client, and all of a sudden she 
rattled off the last five monthly newsletter topics oh and how gosh. she looked. Just, I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I couldn't even remember the last five topics. She's like, she knew all of it. So, you know, the results are definitely in my open ratio. My average open ratio is about 51.7%, which is incredibly wow. high. Yeah. My industry is. average is like 8%. So yeah. I'm well above that. But I don't talk about insurance. No one cares about insurance except for myself and my colleagues. So I really keep it personal and light um, and interesting. So after yeah. sending the newsletter, you know, the second piece of the my system that I created was um, after the newsletter is I started really tracking the number of referrals that came through after that newsletter was sent. Mm. So for each month, I would track you know, if it came from a current client, if it came from another agent, maybe it was a Yelp review, what have you. But before my newsletter, honestly, I probably received on average two and a half referrals per month. Mm -hmm. And after my very first newsletter in May of 2015, that one month I received five. So I doubled it wow. right off the bat. Yeah. And then by the end of October, I had received 13 in one month. So. Ooh, I mean, the, res you know, the, the results were there, and it was very obvious. And because I am tracking it, you know, the months that I do Slack and I don't send out a newsletter, it's an immediate fallout on my referral numbers for the following month. It's, it's crazy to watch, and I've actually graphed it. And just it's, it, it reminds me it's so important, and it is such mm -hmm. a big part of what um, is driving my business. So what are some topics that you you tend to talk about? I know you said you kind of keep it personal and light, but kind of what is included in that and how do you come up with those topics? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one in particular, I spoke about um, just going on a family vacation with my niece. Um, she mm -hmm. just recently turned five this past March and she is a doll, but she was born 24 we at 24 weeks. She was very early mm -hmm. um, and we didn't know if she would make it. We didn't even know if my sister-in-law at one point in time was going to make it during labor. So it really shook the family yeah. um, to a core. So out of that, I've gotten involved in a local charity that supports children who are preemies or maybe um, are just underdeveloped in some sort of way. Maybe they're not speaking, not talking, um, maybe they're not walking, they may fall on the autism spectrum, but I just spoke about really how that event of my, my niece being born kind of catapulted my involvement in the charity because they know I'm involved in the Warren Center and that it's close to my heart but I don't until then I hadn't really explained it mm. and I think it made more sense to people and now my niece is speaking three languages I mean she's incredibly Whoa. brilliant where I'm obviously <laughs> I'm a huge fan but I just you know talk about things that that are relatable and that are pertinent to my life if we go on a vacation to um, to the lake all my clients know I love the lake and I'm working on my you know wake surf 360 so they just <laughs> like to know that I'm a person and not just someone you know talking about liability and comp and collision yeah. um, coverage all day <laughs> yeah that that definitely can get to be a little bit kind of dreary or or you can of. say boring. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite what you want to talk about every, you know, every time we right. talk with someone. So I love that, that it's kind of a personalized 
you know, just what's up in Casey's world. And the fact that people can resonate so much with what you have going on in your life is, is really fun. So I think that's, that's incredible. And we're going to move into the last two questions. So what was your best financial investment in business? It's a really great question. When I first kind of started thinking about, and I've been thinking now that I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary, really what have been some successes and what have been some failures and how to learn from them or improve upon them if they are being successful. Yeah. And the one thing being, um, I always say I'm the janitor up, but I do everything. <laughs> um, I'm a one-woman show in my business. So really time is the most invaluable asset that I have. Um, in my agency and I I sometimes forget to put a lot of value on my time um, when writing these newsletters so you know sometimes I can spend anywhere from like 10 to 16 hours determining content writing and editing and generating the images and you know from start you know point A to, to Z on the newsletter and sometimes I'm like I just don't have the time I have all of these other things going on and people need you know quotes and policies and um, I have to remember that that is important and that time is worth money. So yeah. um, I've done yeah. a really great job overall as a business keeping costs low and I've been very um, conscious about what I choose to invest in and, sp and spend money on. I vowed to myself when I opened my business I wouldn't spend a dollar on advertising the first year and I actually didn't. I did it completely generated and, and my growth was from uh, referrals which was amazing and I thought it was going to be impossible but I proved myself wrong so which was great but um, yeah. definitely I, I struggle sometimes with the time to to write and develop the newsletter but you know it's definitely a huge investment and then I've also made really good investments on creating a system that is organized and efficient and um, allows me to spend time on things that on consulting and, and doing more things, you know, one-on-one -on -one with my client versus pushing, you know, e-paperwork, so to speak. So I do have an agency management system and a rating system that's specific to insurance, and it's streamlined my ability to contain client information and policy details. And it's not cheap, but it keeps me organized and it keeps me on top of what's going on in my agency. Um, so you know that that has also really alleviated some. Um, chaos, if you will, and trying to you know, keep everything a good, well-pulled-together train, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, that's definitely good. You know, systems can be expensive, but they tend to be less expensive than, you know, training somebody or having to come up with some sort of, like, piecemeal situation. Exactly. Uh, so so that's, that's good that you bit the bullet and, <laughs> and you know, invest in, the, in that sort of stuff. And lastly, what was your worst financial investment in business? So, you know, definitely there have been minor things. I'm very conservative when it comes to financial expenses in my agency, but there was a marketing campaign that I had launched last fall. Mm -hmm. And it was all doomed. It was all it was kind of doomed from the beginning. I know I was too busy but I kind of had already committed because I had ordered the print work and so I thought, oh, here we go. We're just going to continue down this path. <laughs> so I initiated the first round of the campaign, which was hand delivering door-to-door -door promotional item and information about my agency um, to particular neighborhoods that really would, would be a good fit for my agency. 
So where it failed is that I never followed up with the second round of the campaign. So mm. I originally was going to follow up the second go around with a personalized letter by mail from myself. These were obviously prospects I had never met before. So, um, you know, that not following up, a one, a one point of contact does not work, especially if you're yeah. in a marketing sales, um, you know, type of um, arena. So luckily it was a minimum actual cost, but it cost me a ton of time um, yeah. to generate that first portion. So definitely lesson learned. <laughs> one touch marketing won't work and you do have to hit the prospect with multiple points and different points of contact and you have to be committed and realistic as a business owner as to can you commit to this will you follow through because if you're not going to follow through then that first piece was a complete wash right. you know I probably yeah. I don't even think I got a single lead from it so um, it was definitely a learning lesson for sure yeah well I mean at least at least you learned something from it so right. you know <laughs> it's one of those things where if you just do something bad and then don't reflect and think about how you can make it better next time, then really uh, you could make the same mistake again. So, Absolutely. So that's no good. So where can people find you on the internet? Like Facebook, Instagram, website, you can kind of just give us the whole gamut. Yeah, for sure. Um, my website is ricartinsurance.com and um, I can be found, of course, on Facebook. I'm pretty active. Um, even though insurance is kind of seen as the dinosaur of, you know, utilizing technology and social media, I do have an Instagram account, um, which people can follow me on as well. Um, and, you know, just kind of keeping in contact is, is what I love to do. So um, definitely, you know, through the web, social media, um, and of course by phone as well. A lot of people want to talk and actually hear from the actual agent. So they can reach me um, at my office as well. Very cool. So then on Instagram and Facebook, is it at Reichardt Insurance as well? or Correct. Okay. Yeah. Instagram okay. is at reichardtinsurance.com or Reichardt Insurance. And then reichardtinsurance.com would be the website. And then Facebook's just Reichardt Insurance. So as long as you get the Ricard in there, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Just get that right in there. So, all right. Well, we'll have all of that plugged in the show notes so people can find you. Uh, and just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast, Casey. Of course. Thank you so much, Jordan. It was a blast. Thanks for listening to System Saved Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.